You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, taking you backstage with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I talk to Jeremy Pope, the rising young actor who's having a bit of a moment right now. He's currently earning rave reviews for his performance as the title character in Terrell Alvin McCraney's Choir Boy, a role he's reprising following the show's off-Broadway run way back in 2013. Later this month, he'll go straight from Choir Boy into Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, the new behind-the-music look at the legendary Motown music group, coming to Broadway after popular runs in Berkeley, Washington, D.C., L.A., and Toronto. Pretty good for an actor who'd never been on Broadway before December. Hey, Jeremy. How nice you to doing? see you. Nice to see you. Um, so you're back in Choir Boy after you first appeared in the same role in the same show yes. in Manhattan Theater Club's much smaller space. <laughs> What's it been like coming back to a show after, I mean, a pretty significant amount of time? Yeah, it's been five years. It's um, crazy. But uh, back in 2013, it was my first job. Right, right out of school, right? Fresh out of school. Bright-eyed and just anxious and ambitious. Um, You know, and for it now to be five years later, my Broadway debut, um, which is also incredibly special. Um, Yeah, it's been great. I can't, I just... For listeners who haven't had a chance to see it yet or maybe didn't catch it in 2013, uh, tell us a little bit about what the show's about and uh, your role in it. Great. So Choir Boy um, is set in a all-black, all-male preparatory school. Um, They are known for their choir. Um, So here we have Ferris, who I play, who is a senior, and it is his year to be the lead of the choir. Um, But fun fact... Ferris is a little bit different than a lot of the um, young men in this school. He is effeminate, he is ambitious, um, and he is excited. He is thrilled to be able to take this choir and do his thing to it. Um, you know, so he then runs into problems with just the institution and the way that the institution is set up and the the look that the institution has. Um, it doesn't look like a Ferris. Um, it 
can't look like it's run by affairs if you get my drift so he has to he has to navigate that he has to navigate finding space in a place that there isn't really space for him um and it's a play about music there's you know there's a whole lot of music in it beautiful spirituals woven in through the um through the play um you know and i think what terrell mccraney our brilliant playwright has done is just ask the hard questions um about the black experience the black male narrative which we don't see um we we rarely see so um i think that for an hour and 35 minutes you get to watch these young men question you know things and figure things out find answers to things um and um it's ultimately just a beautiful you know i guess they say coming of age story um yeah uh i feel like it's pretty rare to have a chance uh, as you do to sort of come back to a role after yeah. you know so much time especially a role where you're playing a young person like for you're sure. still young enough to play that young person yeah. right um, yeah yeah for sure. so what's that been like how are you different and how has that changed how you approach the role yeah i think i mean it was interesting you know once i got the call from our director and terrell really that they were going to bring it back you know there was this conversation about you know like whether or not i would want to do it yeah um and we did a workshop early on just to kind of revisit the play and just you know terrell wanted to hear when was that was that after was... terrell has since had uh, between 2013 and now uh terrell won the academy award yes. and you know became uh even hotter than he was already yes. so, uh... <laughs> um, so this was basically we did this reading in a workshop in january of last year Um, So we were gearing up for the rehearsals to begin for the Broadway production in November. So there was some time in between, but they wanted to just see. um, They kind of cast a few boys. um, I think a couple of them, two of them, which are in the production now. But it was kind of willy-nilly. They were um, Also, we were adding characters to this Broadway production. I think originally Mm -hmm. there was five boys, and now there were going to be eight. Oh, yeah, there's sort of a Their ensemble, their covers, you know, know, the logistics of running a Broadway show. Right, Um, right. So we had to figure out what that meant. So in that, I was able to see where Ferris lived, you know, then. And he came back to life. He came back to life. And I was so excited to be back in the room with this play. I think what I am able to realize five years later is how important it is to see yourself and to hear your story or to, um, you know, a fragment of your life be shared on stage. I think there's a beautiful speech and scene between Ferris, myself, and a roommate. And they talk about the experience of going to a barbershop. Right. And um, me being a black a brother team. that goes yeah. to a barbershop, like, I I think I, I, I definitely can remember a moment in my life where someone may have said something to me and made me aware of myself. And that has struck to me and still kind of can make me feel insecure or always comes back. And I think in that moment, I can hear and feel the audience kind of going back to that moment that they may have had. Um, and then also, like, you know, leaving the stage door and the emails and messages I get from people just thankful that they were able to see themselves and hear themselves and um, you know it, it may not be pretty and it may look messy but there's healing and power in that so I think that is something that five years later I'm so much more aware of and so grateful for so that I don't want to take this you know opportunity lightly, lightly that you know I get to perform in a you know a mainstream Broadway house eight shows a week a story that isn't mainstream and a story that may not be for everyone you know, do you feel like it's starting to get mainstream a little bit? You know, I think, I mean, it. it I don't know. I, I kind of got a shrug for it. You know, I think like people ask like, why did it come back? And I'm like, well, it'll always be an important story. But Terrell went and won an Oscar, 
So now people want to hear what he has to say, you know, and like, <laughs> right. if that's what it takes, like, you know, he still rings true to right. the beautiful person and beautiful human that he is. So I'm just grateful for that, you know, and I love that. It's like, actually, yes, I just won an Oscar, but let us go back to 2013. There's a story that right. I want to talk about. So, you know, while I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, so we're kind of just riding the wave and I know that, um, you know, if only the young J-Pope had been able to see a show like Choir Board where he would know, like, there are stories out there right. that are going to allow you to be yourself and to talk about things that you know so well, spirituals, you know, questions, identity, sexual identity, religion, all the questions that I had that I, you know, still do have that the black community has and how broken it is. But there's healing in talking about it and, you know, showing it um, for people to see and, you know, for people to um, to witness you're from uh, Florida, from Orlando, Orlando Florida. yeah, and yeah. so is Terrell. Is that, did yeah, that give you yeah. sort of a window into kind of his it writing did. and the way he thinks? Like, um, a little bit, yeah. I think we kind of, we, we have similar experiences growing up. We knew, we, there's just things that we can lock and load and know exactly what we're talking about. Um, Terrell is obviously, and to me, just an incredible playwright, but just a beautiful human being. We catch up anytime we can, anytime I'm in Florida. Usually we're home for holidays and we usually link up, drive three hours just to go to Universal or do whatever it is just to hang out. And he's just so cool in that Wait, way. Have the two of you gone to Universal we together? Have. Is that what you're We've saying? gone to That's Universal. He is a huge Harry Potter fan. Okay. So we went, we bought him the wand. We got the <laughs> butterbeer. It was full out experience. He bought socks. He's full out, no marking. And it was so much fun for him right. to just be a kid and like us to just be lit at Harry Potter land for the day. <laughs> um, so thank you, Mom, for the tickets for that. Yeah, awesome. Um, yep, yep. So, but you know, so it, it's just been, it's just really cool. You know, I think like, all of the things are happening for him and with the show, but we're just we're just kicking it, and we're just so grateful to be able to tell these stories and you know um, humanize the, the the black queer experience, I guess. And you're not the only person in Choir Boy who was in the show at the last production. No, yeah, our time. teachers, um, yeah, yeah, same, your teachers and, and one fellow student. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What's that? What did that kind of familiarity with them as actors and with the text kind of? bring to this process this time around yeah i mean it was just we were just so grateful to be in the room and be like how we're we're taking it to broadway i think when we did it in 2013 i didn't really think that it would have a life outside of i mean it was in for people who didn't see it it was in a teeny tiny tiny what is it it was like 100 100, yeah like yeah yeah, 100 people a night it's basically your black box and they were there like i could see you i could touch you if i needed like you know so it was it was an intimate experience and that was the other thing where we had seen the show live in an intimate way. So we were like, does it live on a stage where people are so far away and will they still receive the same magic and the power of the the writing, you know? And did you have to adjust? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there were some things, you know, I think, you know, it, we we got a lot of notes about volume, and sure, <laughs> sure. You know, that was just the death of us all. Right? God, I, I feel like I'm screaming, but you know, there's going to be the old lady that's 85 that's in the back that just can't hear, and yeah. she got to hear. So, you know, that w- there were a lot of those things, and now adding the you know the ensemble boys to the right. mix, and like, what did that mean for the story? Um, and then originally in 2013, we didn't have choreography, um, right? Yeah. So now adding Camille Brown, who is going to make you hit the step. Mm. She is not playing games. <laughs> she was like, no, y'all are going to dance. You know, so it was a lot of new elements to it, which also made it fun being that I had done the show because it gave me something to like, all right, we, you know, I, I, I was familiar, but 
also I was very uncomfortable at the same time, which just made for you know the the best experience. I think I'm so grateful to my cast and the bond that we all have, but also the respect that we have just for the material we we gather you know, every show at 10 minutes to places and we just check in. We sing all of our acapella spirituals because you got to right. tune in, you know, yeah. you got to make sure we're all on the right key. Yeah, sure. And we do our steps together and we just, we just, that is our moment for us to know that we got each other. And while there are, you know, the conflicts within the play, we outside of the play love on each other and want to hold each other up, you know, as, as much as we can. So that has just been incredible, um, you know, for the boys that have been there since the beginning and also for these, you know, these new brothers that I have that a lot of us, it was our Broadway debuts and what a, what a magical play to be a part of and for it to be your first, you know, your, your, your introduction to the Broadway community. Yeah. Has Ferris changed at all? This time around? Yeah, I think we've talked about it. Like with Terrell, I think back in 2013, um, the version of Ferris, um, Terrell has said he was protecting Ferris. He knew that he could easily be judged, and mm. he wasn't sure. We were, we were still figuring out how to navigate the presence of Ferris. You know, I think um, it, it's a tricky one because... There's a there's a version of Ferris where had he been in the institution and maybe not asked for a position of power, he would be okay. Yeah. He wouldn't be bullied as much. He would maybe, you know, be talked about, but it would kinda of, he would be able to fly by the school year. But I think it's because he is asking for a position of power. He's asking to be seen. He's asking to run this choir. They're like, well, if you're going to run it or if you're going to do anything, we need it to look this way, you yeah. know, and I think that is what he's fighting against. Right. Um, and I think that is what changed in this version. It's, that is stronger and that is clearer. And um, Did the not, writing change at all? It did. Yeah. A lot of, you know, I think, I mean, Terrell just going off and him being the head of the playwright division at Yale just informed right. him how to run an institution. Right. That's another thing that happened between now yeah, and then, Yeah, like right? between now and then. And he's yeah. still doing that, which I don't really understand, no, you know, between our show. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, live your truth. But, like, right. you know, like, he actually had to go off and run an institution of these young, ambitious playwrights, you know, who are hungry and want their voice to be heard. Very similar. It's like Ferris Times. 20 you know right, what I mean like right. you know and how do we shepherd in that the next generation the next the the the, the next generation of voices um so that informed him as a writer so I think when he came back he a lot of things that he was unclear about were very clear mm -hmm. now you know right. just from his experience um and I think they just allowed me to you know play with Ferris and give him the dimension all of the dimension that he needed to have and um you know um at the end of it, just be truthful and know that there is healing in um, talking about the things that we're talking about and the experiences that Ferris is going through. Did the lines come back at all? Like, were they in you or did you have to learn them all over again? <laughs> I, some of them came back to me, right. um, which was kind of cool. You yeah. know, I was like feeling myself a little bit in the yeah. reading group. <laughs> but then some of it was just tricky to like navigate and to figure out. And the, a lot of it felt different. I was more, I, I was, I guess I was just more grounded in who I am as a human being. And like, you know, I've been able to work and just grow as an artist. So that was really cool to know that the foundation was there and know where it is that I was going, but it was cool to figure out how, there's other ways to get there. Um, you know, and so the writing had changed a little bit, but another thing about Terrell and working with a genius like him is he writes 
to his artists so there would be moments where if i was saying something or a scene i was like ah this is not hitting the way i wanted to hit he's like what do you want to say right what do you want what do you need to get to where you're trying to go and we would have a conversation about it and he'd go okay this go just say what you want mm-hmm. say what comes out and a lot of the lines at least with Ferris and so many, you know, so many years, they're things that I would say. They right. they came with the action of whatever I was going after. Um, so then it becomes a thing of it can just come out like because it's where I right. want to go, you know. Right. So um, that that was pretty cool, you know. And I think something that um, was really special to just be a part of and to have a you know the playwright living and in the room and willing to kind of go there with us. And even just the other day, I, I missed Terrell. I hadn't seen him in a while, so I texted him, and I was like, last night, I was like, when am I seeing you? And he's like, the show or you? And I was like, me. I don't I don't care about you seeing the show. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'll come tonight. And he Aww. just popped up and gave me a hug. We tuned in. He's going to Sundance tomorrow or today. Oh, he's probably he there right. now, you yeah. know, premiering his new TV yeah, he's show. Got a new show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, I was like, when will I see you? He's like, next week. He tries to make it casual as right. if, like, he's just around. Right. Um, which I appreciate because I know he's just so busy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he there's just respect to him. He's just around and he's there for yeah. whatever I need, you know, during the process. And, you know, as I'm still in process with the show, he's just around. Yeah. Um, and that's just really, really, really beautiful and special to have. You mentioned that this was your first job right out of school. Yeah. You went to the American Musical, Musical and Dramatic, Dramatic Academy. Academy. That's here in New York. Yeah. Yes. Um, and from Florida, when did you first when did you discover acting and when did you think that's what I want to do? So acting came to me freshman year of high school. Um, I guess really, yeah, freshman year of high school, I had to choose between the theater and doing track, running track. That yeah. Those ran in the same season. Was this a school like Drew, the school in Choir Boy, or was this a public no, school? No, this is like something? public school. Yeah, yeah 1,400 kids, like yep. big school in Florida. Yeah. Um, but the first musical they were doing that year was Cats, the musical. Wow. Um, so that was my introduction to theater. And who did you play? I played the lovely Skimpleshanks, the railway railway cat. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, he was everything. Um, <laughs> I just want you to know, my dad made my costume. It was a neon orange uh, tight jumpsuit. I mean, have we to spray be. painted it. And we had rocker wigs that we spray painted up to give the cat feel. It was very, very, very good. Broadway quality. <laughs> it sounds really um, good. <laughs> but... Um, I, I you know I got uh, one of the 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 I guess featured roles as a freshman and that kind of lit that fire in me. It was exciting um, to be a part of. I look at pictures. I'm like, woo! You really were excited about that, you know, just to go out there in front of your peers in tights to yeah, be cats. Just like, that. Yeah. like that is just a setup for just just a lot of therapy sessions yeah. in your future. <laughs> um, but you know that that was really cool. And then every year I was just excited to get back. Um, into the theater and figure out what show we were going to do and then really it was senior year I had to make a decision you know what was I going to do and I just couldn't see myself doing anything but you know singing and acting and I was just so you know I was on fire for that it it sounds like your parents didn't love the idea initially they didn't um they didn't the struggle was they had set up a prepaid college plan for me since I was two or three or whatever so college in any school in the state of florida was going to be free so for them they were like kind of a slap in the face like you know we've set this thing up for you right being a black man that college would be paid for when they had to struggle so hard to you know get their degrees and here i am like i want to go to new york you know but i also 
was a hard worker. Like I wanted, I knew that I wanted to make that happen. And I just, I went to all the schools in Florida, the, the theater programs, and they all said, our fourth year, we go to New York for a showcase. And I was just eye roll. Like, I don't want to wait four years to figure out if this is something I want to do. I need to be thrown into it. I just need to go. Um, so I snuck away and I auditioned for AMDA. And I got in and I t- talked to the admissions department and told them I need all of the scholarship money I can get. And they were able to help me out in that department. And I went to New York and we made it happen. And it was scary. It was Aren't very that? scary. Um, you know, I, I was in and out of touch with my mom, which was just very hard for me. I like lost 20 pounds because you know, you're in the city and there's no money. I'm eating ramen noodles. It was rough. You know, she was snatched, but it, it just wasn't my best look. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, and, and, and but I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned how how hard of a worker I was going to have to be. And I think that is one thing that I, you know, kind of have to give credit to Amda. You know, I think you can't really give people talent, but you can give them the tools and you can um, give them business skills. Yeah. And I learned that in this business, you are the business and you got to take care of your business and you're going to work your ass off. You're going to work your ass off. Um, so, you know. I almost quit AMDA because, you know, I was having to learn music, traditional musical theater things that just weren't in my wheelhouse, didn't, weren't in my wheelhouse, didn't feel like things that I would ever be able to do. Um, I would always get the note, you sound like you're auditioning for American Idol or you sound like a pop star because I had this pop R&B sound to me. Um, But once I realized like that is going to be the thing that is going to set you up a little bit different and you may not see it now, but just keep pushing through and then... I graduate and the first audition I get is Choir Boy. What, in those years between your graduation and now, what didn't you know going into the theater business having just graduated that you wish you knew? I guess that, let me really think about it. I think, the, I think what I realize is just the power in being everything and whatever it is that you are. That is the thing that is going to separate you and give you an advantage in this business. I think sometimes you feel like you need to strip away whatever it is that makes you different to become the next young Norm Lewis or the next Denzel Washington or whoever it is that people tell you you remind them of. You know, you're so once I was able to grasp that and realize like, oh, you're going to be celebrated and wanted for the things that make you you, um, it was a gear switch. And then I felt unstoppable. I think one thing that me and Terrell talk about, um, you know, there was a time in between Choir Boy, Off-Broadway and Broadway where I was auditioning and was auditioning for things that weren't that weren't inspiring, that weren't, that didn't feel like me, you know, but I was needed to pay the rent, you know, and, sure. and eat. And he told me, you need to find and do thing or have a project that is for you, something that no one else can take away from you. And for me, that was recording music. Um, So I have my studio at my apartment and I was able to just work on music. And that is something that I will spend hours on and never regret because at the end of the day, it's something that I write music and produce music. And something that was really cool about Choir Boy coming to Broadway is uh, Trip wanted me and another castmate to create the transition music. So all the music you hear in between um, the show was music that we got to create. And I feel like that wouldn't have ever happened had I not, you know what I mean? And like, that is something that like the audience doesn't, we don't have it posted up, but it's something that 
right. just feels really cool and is yeah. really exciting that we were able to just go into a studio and like come up with melodies and things that sound really dope. And people ask me, where's the cast album? Where's the transition? He's like, what, who was that? Yeah. And to be like, oh, that's just something we look, you know, a little yeah. something we came up with. Um, is there are there places to stream or buy or not any of your yet. music? Or, oh, okay. on my music, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I have a single, New Love, which is out on iTunes Great. and video online. It's actually in the movie uh, Stepsisters on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so I have that, and I'm currently working on music. But again, cool. it's you know it's and I will do, Choir Boy. Sorry, I interrupted you. Will Choir Boy? Yes, get, we, uh, are, we are. We are. We are trying to make that happen. Cool. It has been requested. Yeah. A thousand plus times. <laughs> um, so it's really just about finding the time for us to do that. Um, you know, it seems like you were talking about uh, sort of leaning into the things that make you you, including yeah. the sound when you sing that you mentioned. That seems like one of the things that set you up well for uh, Ain't Too Proud. Yeah. right? I mean, am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is that how did you first get connected to that? And yeah, well, funnily, funny enough, I I turned I've turned down <laughs> Ain't Too Proud. I think five times oh. before I actually went in and auditioned for it. Reason being was um, that thing I told you about where I was auditioning for things that just didn't feel like they were going to uh, breathe life into me and inspire me to go to the next step. And at the time, they were being very protective of the Ain't Too Proud script. All they were saying was, it's the Temptations musical, period. As if you know that would just make everyone jump. And I was like, I'm thrilled for that. And for whoever plays that, but I'm not really interested in just being in a jukebox musical, a commercial musical where I'm not going to be able to be myself and bring, you know, a quality of myself to the role. So turned it down, turned it down, turned it down. And, and then I remember kind of when it came back, I think like the fourth or fifth time, like they really want to see you in this role. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is for the role you're playing for right the now. Role that I'm playing. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe this opportunity isn't about me getting the job, but about me just going in the room and doing whatever it is that I'm going to do. So once I was able to lock and load that, I went into the room and it was probably one of the best auditions I've ever had because they wanted me to win. They had seen me in choir boy right. and they knew that this How is long ago was this? Sorry. this was maybe a probably two uh, two years ago okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and that was the first thing i said i walked in the room they're like we saw you in choir boy we loved you in choir boy and then i sang the first song and i remember producers threw their papers up and they were like it's a good time i was like i think i got it <laughs> not sure yet and so why is uh for people who don't know uh who all the temptations are by name you yeah, play, yeah. Eddie play eddie kendrick who is he who which what role did he okay. play in the group and why yes. is that the role for you so eddie kendrick's <laughs> is the tenor of the group. Right. So anytime you hear a Temptation song and you hear someone wailing at the top, mm-hmm. that is usually you. my yeah. boy Eddie Kendricks. Mm-hmm. So logistically, it was about who can sing the part, sure. you yes. know, coming into it. But um, I think, you know, what is special about this story and kind of going back to why I ended up and ended up doing this production and I'm so grateful to do it is Dominique Morso, another MacArthur uh, Genius Award winner, playwright, um, has written a play that you get to experience what it is these men were going through, um, these idols were going through at a time. They were, this is during the civil rights, you know, where they are being asked to perform places where they're literally not wanted. But it's like if we close our eyes and we don't realize as a black people, we can enjoy this music. So that struggle that these men had to go through um, is just kind of 
I, 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 I can't imagine going through that. Um, but we try. We, you know, through The Last Living Temptation, Original Temptation, the founder, Otis Williams, who I'm able to FaceTime and talk to and just connect with wow. and have story time. He just tells me what it was like. You know, um, as an artist, as a young black artist who was hungry to get their music out there, but the things they had to go through, that experience, that storytelling is magic. And that is why I am doing Ain't Too Proud of the Temptations musical, playing Eddie Kendricks, because we get to talk about the highs, the successes of the group, but also we get to humanize these men and really hear and see what they were going through at such a critical time for our country. Um, for you know, for our society, for the music industry, a lot of things were changing. Crossovers were happening, um, and ultimately, we we get to the point of why there is only one original Temptation left standing, and why is that? You know, and and I think that that there's power in that. I love that we are able to bridge the young generation who maybe don't know the Temptations and the old generation who knew the Temptations. You know who you know, stood outside in lines and rallied at the Apollo for these these young, incredible artists um, in their, you know, own right. So that is just really cool. And that is why I'm just, I, I couldn't even get in the way of the blessing of that show. You know, I thought, I don't want to do a jukebox. I don't want to do it, but it's so much more than that. There's so much beautiful storytelling. And again, seeing yourself represented on a Broadway stage. My cast is incredible and ain't too proud. They are so talented, blown away by the talent. We've been doing the cast recording these past few days. And the vocals coming out of those people, I'm just, I, I'm blown away. <laughs> you know, and I think I'm just so excited for the world to see us, to experience us. You know, I think it is one of those things I've heard people say. It's like it's unlike anything they've ever seen. There's so every person everywhere you turn, there's some magic happening, you know. So to be a part of that is just incredible. What's your favorite song to sing in the show? My favorite song to sing is Just My Imagination, um, which was Eddie Kendrick's last song he sang with The Temptations before he left the group and went solo. Um, And... I think it it was one of my dad's favorites, my grandfather's favorites. So you knew that song. I already knew the song. Yeah. A lot of the all these songs I knew. I had associated it with another time, another period, another experience. But to bring it back and to connect it to what these what this young brother was going through during that time, um, it's really cool. It's really really cool. So that one has to be my favorite. Are there songs that you don't get to sing that you wish you did? Or is there a song? I don't you, think so. Yeah, we, I, I like, mean, we pretty much go through that go catalog. Through yeah, yeah. That, to be honest, <laughs> it's the hardest show I've ever had to do physically. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, demanding. I bet there's some pretty serious dancing in that show. Man, Sergio, the, direct, the choreographer, yeah, he's Trujillo, got but... us twirling. I'm looking at footage like, Temptations was not doing that. I mean, oh, really? They weren't <laughs> doing what we're doing, but you know, it's a Broadway musical and yep. we are on one. We are on a thousand, actually. Um, and it looks great. I was uh, able to uh, see the show. Um, one time my understudy was going on and they swung me out so that was kind of dope but I was just like watching the show like dang y'all look good and to think like I knew the steps like it was just such an incredible this was in Toronto yeah yeah yeah, this was was in Toronto yeah Yeah, most recent and um, I was like y'all are incredible like it looks major Um, and yeah yeah so it's the hardest show I've ever had to do Um, so yeah I'm gearing up for that so yeah you've been you just recorded the uh, cast album for the cast recording for 
Into uh, Proud. Proud. And at some point, you're going to start overlapping with rehearsals for Into Proud yes. while you're doing Choir Boy at yes, night. so we'll be in rehearsals 10 to 6 and be a... making that 7 o'clock curtain. <laughs> and as, so as you're wrapping up Choir Boy, what do you feel like you're going to miss about Ferris when you leave him? Um, that's a good question. I never thought about it. I think what I'm going to miss about Ferris is just... I think it's one of those roles where there's so many colors and dynamics to him um, that there's joy in playing a role where I'm able to kind of reach at all the things I'm good at, the things that I can tap into. Um, and I've talked, you know, with my team and different things, and we're like, just be in this moment because these these roles come around very few. You know, I don't know. I can't think of another role out there where I'd be able to do what I do and more. You know, I with this role and even Eddie Kinders, I'm like, I'm hitting this. I'm like, I'm dancing. I'm doing all of the things. I'm doing all of the things that I know how to do um, as an artist. So I'm just so grateful for Ferris for stretching me and pulling me in ways I didn't know I could be pulled. While also, you know, being a pillar and a vessel for storytelling and for healing for the audience members. You know, so I, my only hope is that as I move forward with different productions and different projects that... You know, I'm able to kind of tap into something that is, you know, that humanizes the the experience um, of whoever it is I'm playing, and um, just I'm I'm really big on just representation right now. I think I have the opportunity to be in two amazing productions, which are putting Black people on the map, which are showing how beautiful and how special we are, while also giving you a little background of what it is that a lot of people go through and the experience that they have. Um, and I think that is just really special and cool to be on a Broadway stage doing eight times a week. You know, so while I know that I'm leaving Ferris, Ferris is still very much deeply grounded and rooted in me. Um, and I just hope that the play lives on, you know, and that other people can experience it, whether they're seeing productions of it or reading about it, or it becomes a movie or whatever else the fabulous Terrell McCraney wants to yeah. do with it. I am in support of it. Um, you know, so is there like four days between the last choir boy and the first preview <laughs> yes. of Ain't Too Proud? Did it I is. did I see that right? You, you, okay. you read that correctly. All right. Yeah, Just yeah. Checking. So I actually have a couple of friends um, from out of town that are flying in. Oh, because they can catch so the last and see the, the last. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Of one and catch the first of the other. Um, and really, those days are just for me to uh, rehearse. Yeah the one show so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's all it, it's champagne problems but i'm That's so exactly grateful right. yeah. i'm very grateful and again i'm just trying to be like day by day because easily i get overwhelmed and look at the schedule and just ah, how is this going to happen am i going to be well am i going to be right. sick am i gonna, whatever you know this yeah. weather is crazy right now but i am just trying to go day by day and i'm so grateful to be able to do what it is I do, um, what it is that I do. And I know that I'll blink and this will all kind of be a memory. This will all be like, remember when you did two shows <laughs> at the same time, you know? And um, I don't want to forget what that felt like, the magic that, that I feel, you know, every day. I'm so grateful to my cast. They hold me down like no other. Both casts, you know, um, they're whatever you need. I'm, one of my other castmates just sent me a card and donuts to the theater the other day and was like, keep killing it, you know, and like things wow. like that. Just like, I'm going to kill it. Like yeah. I went in that show on one. I was so excited and pumped, you know, but 
I just knew that my boys at the Temptations were holding me down and they were they had my back if I needed anything, sending me massages and Uber gift cards. You know, wow. like get you a temptation cast like yeah. mine. You know what I mean? Like they are they are legit, you know, but I just I know that I'm so supported and so loved and everyone wants me to win and um you know, because we all win in this one. So I'm just grateful for that and I don't wanna I don't want it to end, you know, but um I know that with the things that are happening is just it's on and upward, you know, and hopefully more and more more storytelling. Well, enjoy the rest of the run in Choir Boy, and we can't wait to see Ain't Too Proud when it starts. Sounds good. Thanks, see Jeremy. Thanks. Nice to talk to you. That was Jeremy Pope, now starring in Choir Boy at MTC's Samuel J. Friedman Theater, and soon to start performances at the Imperial in Ain't Too Proud. If you like what you've heard on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe wherever finer podcasts are dispensed. And until next time, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.